This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This show is brought to you by Pet King Brands, the makers of Zymox and Oratine. It's OBA with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. You know, backyard gardens, they can be so beautiful. And so can be majestic trees and show-off shrubs. But just how safe are they to your dog, your cat? For answers that can be literally life-saving, we will turn to our special guest today. She's a top expert from the Pet Poison Helpline. She's ready to unleash some toxin trends that just may surprise you. Please welcome to the show, the senior veterinary toxicologist from the Pet Poison Helpline. That's a mouthful. Wow. (laughs) Dr. Renee Schmid. Welcome to the show, Dr. Renee. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Hey, you listeners, especially those into stats, uh, check this out. Uh, Dr. Renee has managed more than 25,000 cases involving animal poisoning. She's published in scientific books. She's a go-to national expert on toxicology. We're going to find out more about how she's helping us save our pets' lives after we take this break. So you know the drill. Sit, stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones, actually. Sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Pause up, pet pals. Arden Moore here to talk about the importance of keeping your cats and dogs hydrated. Yes, clean water is great, but not all pets, especially cats, will lap up enough water every day from the bowl. Or maybe your dog is thirsty after a long walk. That's why I'm a big fan of two new isotonic drinks called Kitty Raid and Doggy Raid. And there is a great meal topper to enhance kibble called Yummy Raid. They all contain electrolytes and amino acids plus prebiotics. And they're all veterinary approved. Nice, right? Now, my furry Brady Bunch love them. Find out where you can get your paws on these healthy, hydrating drinks and gravy-like meal topper by visiting DoggyRaid.com. That's D-O-G-G-Y-R-A-D-E.com. Drink up, pets. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest is Dr. Renee Schmid. She is a board-certified veterinary toxicologist, and she is the manager at Pet Poison Helpline and Safety Call International. You have a busy, busy career, Dr. Renee. <laughs> it is busy, yes. Well, what got you even into uh, toxicology? That hurts my head just saying it. 
you know, to be honest, I fell into it. And okay. I'm really glad that I did. And when I was in practice, I was in general practice, emergency practice. I did numerous different avenues of veterinary medicine, depending on where my life took me. Okay. And I really started kind of looking a little bit into pharmacovigilance. Oh, that would be something I would just instantly think about doing when I had some spare time. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and our parent company, Safety Call International with Pet Poison Helpline, they have a consulting and pharmacovigilance side. And so I really just fell into it. I first contacted them regarding pharmacovigilance and they said, well, you know, we actually have a pet poison helpline that we're looking for some veterinarians for. And I fell into it and I absolutely love it. I've been here for nine years now and have been able to kind of work my way through uh, being a, a boarded veterinary toxicologist. And as you mentioned, you know, a lot of the different contributing to book chapters and article right. reviews and just things like that, that really help the, the world of toxicology and the veterinary community. And I, I don't think I could have found a better fit. Well, you know what it sounds like to me, and this is probably why you're so successful, is you are a student and a teacher. You've continued that dual role, right? Exactly. Yeah. One of the big things that is so important to me is education. And I have that opportunity to do that here not only to educate others, but to continue to educate myself. So have you ever created a toxicology trivia pursuit game yet? <laughs> no, but you know, that's a great idea. We may have to do that. I know. Hey, I just, I just helped brand you guys. You know, seriously, people say the word toxic, toxin, toxicology. And the first thing is, uh-oh, you know, and I'm thinking that tell people a little bit about how Pet Poison Hotline helps us folks that have pets and don't know how to even spell toxicology. Yeah, you bet. So I think one of the big things to remember is that the dose always makes the poison. And okay, so while an animal, line. Yeah. yeah. And so while an animal may get into something that they shouldn't and potentially can be toxic to them, it really kind of depends on the amount. And our role here is to really help pet owners, pet parents, as well as the veterinary professionals to assess what it is they got into, is this going to be a concern or not? And then what needs to be done to treat it if it is a concern? So do you have that? We're going to say it more than once, but do you have the number and the website? Because I want, and we'll put it on our site again, but sometimes people hearing it, it locks in. Yeah, you bet. So our website is simply petpoisonhelpline.com. And you can go there, you can find hundreds and hundreds of different potential toxins and information on that. Our phone number, 1-800-213-6680. All right, that's perfect. So we're here today, we're going to talk about a lot of things, but what caught my interest is that uh, your helpline just came out with a study looking geographically at some uh, poisonous plants. So you actually created like a, a poisonous plant map. I mean, move over Google. Tell us about what it was like, kind of like a four or five year study, right? So we have had an ex we have an extensive database where we continually keep and store and analyze all of the different calls that we have received over the last 18 years that we've been in business. And we continually then about every five in five year periods, we compile that together. And so we look what has happened over the last five years. What's the trend been? Are there new toxins that are kind of up and coming? especially with pharmaceuticals. Always every day, there seems to be new pharmaceuticals that are being FDA approved and that are out there. 
And really, what is what's the big concern for our for our animals? And that helps us to know where do we need to really focus that education on. Okay, so we're going to play geography for two hundred, Doctor Schmidt. So let's go to. You said you're based in uh, Nebraska. So what's something in the corn states? What's something that maybe surprised people that is a no-no for our dogs or cats? You know, I think I would say more of a Midwest geography. Okay. If That's I what I was thinking of. Midwest like. region. And those are a lot of our outdoor plants for landscaping. So lilies, uh, renal toxic lilies, and we can talk about that more in depth as well. Yes. Uh, rhododendrons, azaleas. Uh, Japanese yew. Now, those are a lot of shrubbery that are fairly common in the Midwest to have. And they're all beautiful. That's the They are. Part. Yeah, they are all beautiful. And it just depends. You know, we have some animals that never get into it. They just aren't curious creatures uh, for that particular one in general. I think dogs and cats, they are very curious and they like to try and taste and nibble on, on this or that. Uh, some of the other like pharmaceuticals, so non-steroidals, those are quite common in the Midwest and, and really, you know, all around, all around. So that's the, the fancy NSAIDs? Yes, ma'am. So yeah, or even just ibuprofen, naproxen, and, you know, you can also have some of the, some of the prescription type and for animals as well. So carprofen for animals is a common one that we get. It actually made the top 10 toxin list this year for the first wow. time. That's and not something you're proud of. No, no, it's not. And you know, somebody asked me why, and I said, gosh, I don't really know why other than perhaps people are home more. And yeah. so they're noticing that their pets are actually more painful, maybe more arthritic. And so they're doing things to treat, to treat that a little bit better. I don't have a reason. That's, that's just my made up, uh, what it makes sense to me. Well, you, you know, you have a lot of data. One thing I wanted to share is when I'm not behind the microphone, I'm actually a master instructor in pet first aid and CPR. And I've been doing it about 12 years and I have like 12 veterinarians as advisors, pet first aid for you. And I teach a two day instructor program with pro pet hero. And the one thing we're always sharing with our instructors to be and pet parents is to read the label. Because if your dog got stung by a bee and their mouth is swelling, they may be going into anaphylactic shock. Not all Benadryl is safe, is it? I always tell them to look for the big D. Yeah, that's correct. Any type of antihistamine or decongestant that contains a decongestant, even like a cold and flu that contains a decongestant, that big D is absolutely right, Arden. Those often contain additional medications such as pseudoephedrine or phenylephrine, and those have a really narrow margin of safety in dogs and cats. And so the most concerning parent who's trying to do the right thing to give them some diphenhydramine or Benadryl, and they didn't notice that it had that D on there as well, can end up causing a pretty uh, potentially severe life-threatening situation for their pet. So we say to people, we like them in gel cap and diphenhydramine only, but we also teach people, ring, ring calling the pet poison helpline, <laughs> right? I don't think you should be doing something to a dog or a cat without a veterinarian supervision. And these days you're just a call away. Yeah, for sure. And that's what, something that we always recommend. Never give your pet something that wasn't prescribed to them without the consultation of your veterinarian. 
if for some reason they are gone, they're gone for the weekend, they're off, they're, you know, they're, they're not working anymore, and you're needing to get a hold of someone, we are here 24-7. Wow. And we can definitely help in those situations where you say, I, I want to give my pet diphenhydramine, Benadryl, this is what it is. Is this a safe product or not? And we can certainly help with that. We tell people to do the gel cap, maybe with a safety pin taped to the box. So if you had to pop it into the side of the mouth, it's easier than a pill. But the problem is, I think some people think of their pets as kids. Oh, I got some children's Benadryl. Why is that a no-no? Yeah, so you can potentially use a children's Benadryl, but you do need to be very careful in dogs that it doesn't contain xylitol. There you go. So any type of prescription medication, over-the-counter medication, dietary supplement, anything that's going to be chewed or swallowed that has that you want to have flavor to it can potentially contain xylitol. And I always tell people to look for xylitol with an XYL. Because people are often no. looking for a Z and oh, they don't point. see that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it had, starts with an XYL for xylitol. And that is something that can cause potentially life-threatening low blood sugars in dogs as well as liver failure. And I'm not sure, you maybe know, I'm not sure if there is a children's Benadryl right now that contains xylitol but the formulations are constantly changing. Yeah. I just tell people it shouldn't have grape or cherry flavor. That's the kickoff that it might have xylitol. Yeah. And the other thing is, which here's, here's your trivia contest question, which is more potentially lethal to a dog, ingesting xylitol or the theobromine that's in dark chocolate? Well, that's a good question. It's a trick question because it depends on how much they got into. Oh, I wasn't trying to uh, trick you, honest. <laughs> Um, you know, probably xylitol in the sense that it's a lower margin of safety. Okay. And so you can have a, you know, let's say a 20 pound dog could ingest one or two pieces of a specific brand of gum that has a large amount of xylitol in it that can be, you know, extremely threatening to them. Whereas a 20 pound dog could ingest, you know, maybe two or three Hershey kisses sizes of dark chocolate and yeah. maybe just have some GI upset. Okay. Are you having fun playing toxic trivia? Yeah, this is great. Until you stump me. Oh, I won't. I promise. <laughs> I promise. Hey, everybody. I don't want to stump you. I don't think I can. <laughs> We're speaking with Dr. Renee Schmid. She is the manager at Pet Poison Helpline, and we're going to dive in. We're going to start getting region by region some plants that you need to be concerned about, but we have to pay for the show. So sit, stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Pause up, pet pals. Arden Moore here. I have great news. Pet King Brands, the makers of veterinary-approved Zymox and Oratine, have unleashed new products aimed at keeping your cat and dog healthy and happy. You can now keep your pet's coat in tip top shape with the new hypoallergenic Zymox shampoo and conditioner. They contain oak extract and enzymes that provide relief for sensitive, itchy, and irritated skin. And calling all feline fans, Zymox has not one, but three new products to keep your cat purring. They include an enzymatic topical cream to relieve itching and inflammation. There's an enzymatic ear solution that's easy to administer and an enzymatic 
Pedic Ear Cleanser. Me? Wow! All of these catering to cats. More great news. Save 20% at checkout by adding this code 20ARDEN. That's 20ARDEN. Learn more at Zymox.com. That's Z-Y-M-O-X. Pause up. Ever Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Tever Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. Tever Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, this is Joyce DeWitt. You may remember me from Three's Company, inviting you to have the good sense to tune in to the adorable, amazing Arden Moore on Behave on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Obehave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm having a great time with Dr. Renee Schmidt from the Pet Poison Helpline. So you did the study. It just got released. Let's try to talk a little bit. You were saying in the Midwest, uh, the lilies, the azaleas, Japanese you. Let's talk about some of those for us folks that are maybe in the Midwest. Yeah, sure. The lilies is one that I always really like to point out. And the reason for that is because there are a lot of plants that have lily in their name and they are not necessarily the same toxin concern. So the ones that we get the most concerned about, and they are the most common, unfortunately, are those that can cause kidney failure in cats. And those types of lilies, those are your hemerocallus or day lilies, and then your lilium species. So stargazer, tiger lily. And I love stargazers. So Rose lily. Oh, they're beautiful. All of those. And, they're, and not only are they outside in landscaping, but they are also very common in fresh cut bouquets, which is where a lot of these cats get into problem because they end up having a, the owner brings home this beautiful bouquet. And then the cat starts to, to get curious and it, it smells good. It tastes good. And they start to chew on it. My understanding, even just lapping up a few licks from the vase or that yellow, what do you want to call it? Pollen. pollen. Yeah. yeah. Either one is a bad thing for our cats. Yeah, you got it. Every part of that plant is toxic, which includes the pollen, includes the water from the vase that they're in. It's a we know it's it's a water soluble toxin, which means it dissolves, it's in the water. And so we can see a potential poisoning from just from drinking that water too. So That's it's scary. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, holidays are coming, you know, birthday. Is there some tips, preventive tips we can say to people that may want to send flowers to someone that has cats and dogs? Yeah. What I always recommend is if you know that there's cats in the household and you want to send flowers to make sure to make a special note to the florist that some people will call them true lilies. And, and so that's something they can say, or no lilies such as orientals or stargazers. Now, one of the other types of lily that's often in a fresh cut bouquet are Peruvian lilies. And they're a little bit smaller. They look similar to a true kidney toxic lily, but they are completely in a completely different genus. And so fortunately, they only cause stomach upset. 
And so Peruvian lilies are perfectly fine. They're also used a lot in fresh cut bouquets because they have a long life. They're fairly inexpensive. And so they, and they make a nice bushy bouquet. Okay. Well, let's talk about other regions. So that might be a few things. I live in Dallas. I used to live in San Diego area and I love sago palms, but we were thinking about doing some different landscaping. And my spouse said, well, let's get a sago palm. And I went, no. Yeah. Why I'm did glad, I shout that? Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because sago palm is a horribly dangerous plant for dogs and cats. And every part of that plant is toxic as well. The seeds tend to be the, the most concerning, but every portion of that is a concern. Sago palm used to be really a, a warm weather, warm climate. So yeah. Dallas area, Texas, you got it. You're going to have sago palms. Went down and traveled to the down to Waco, Texas a couple summers ago, took pictures of sago palms that were for sale out in front of HEB. You know, Waco is home of the Dr. Pepper, you know? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. The Magnolia. I lived there a couple of years. It's a yeah. great place to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've been there. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So they're selling them right there at the store. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so it was really a concern because they were generally outdoor palms. And so it was a concern for the warmer climate. So like you said, in Texas, Arizona, Florida, California, the downside, depending on how you look at it, if you're a pet owner, is that they've also started making smaller indoor versions oh, of sago no. palm. So now we don't just see sago palm in the warmer climates, but we can see it all over the United States and our friends in Canada. We've had sago palm calls there as well because of the indoor version that they have. What, what does it exactly do? Because you said it, every part is a pause off to dogs and cats. Yeah. So what we can see with sago palm, we can see really significant stomach distress. So they can have vomiting, severe abdominal pain. They can have bloody vomit, bloody stool. And then they can also have liver failure will develop. And they can also potentially see some neurologic signs. So seizures, body tremors, uh, there are several different toxins within that sagal palm. And depending on, you know, kind of the amount that's in that portion that they ingested, we can potentially see all three of those types of signs. Right. These guys, unfortunately, they can be fatal within just a few days. That's scary. That's scary. What about another plant? I used to live in Lantana, Florida, but you say Lantana as a plant is not going to be a dog or cat's best friend. Right. So Lantanas do cause some heart issues to develop. So oh. they can have some heart rate, some blood pressure, and even some heart rhythm issues that can occur. Lantana is also common in the southern regions, but in the summertime, if it's an outdoor plant, I have planted Lantana here in the Midwest and it's a beautiful plant, but it's, uh, it doesn't last as long for sure as it does in the southern regions, but definitely something that you want to keep your pet away from. Now, if they were to take a, you know, a bite or two, they take a couple of leaves or a couple of petals in a, maybe a 40, 50 pound dog, probably not going to be a huge concern, right. but definitely something if they kind of go to town, I say yeah. uh, on a plant definitely can be a, a really big concern for their heart. What about our friends in the Northeast? What's some uh-ohs? You know, probably for them, we still see those lilies. Those lilies are going to be a big one. 
I think we start to shift a little bit more to some of the indoor concerns. So aloe, philodendrons, the jade plant, maybe some ficus. Uh, Definitely, we can still see like rhododendron issues, the sago palm again, because it's indoor, maybe some peace lilies, azaleas, uh, rhododendrons, as I said, and hydrangeas. Now with the aloe, I used to work at Rodale Press and worked at Prevention Magazine, and we had we did books on plants and all that with folks. And one person came up with the phrase, aloe can be your palo, by snapping the, the leaf yeah. and that green goo is good. What is it if you're out hiking with your dog and they got a mild to moderate burn or anything, could you use that green goo of the aloe? But I've heard that the bottom part of the plant is bad. So you're the toxicologist. Yeah. So fortunately, if you really wanted an aloe plant or you wanted to expose your, your pet was exposed to an aloe plant, not going to be the end of the world. It's typically causes stomach upset, some pretty significant loose stool. So they're going to have some pretty significant diarrhea. And if it's a small dog or a cat, they can have some dehydration because of that, but it isn't going to cause life-threatening signs. You shouldn't put that goo on when you snap the leaves. You shouldn't use that. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'd say ideally they usually are going to lick it off probably. And so ideally you kind of keep, you kind of keep that off of them. However, if you do use it, if that's what you have to, if that's what you have available, it probably is only going to cause some mild stomach upset if they were to turn around and ingest it. All right. Now, this is a big one because during COVID, people were trying to come up with different foods to eat and create a little better flourish for their breakfast. And people all over, not just in California, were having avocado toast. I ask you this, are avocados toxic to dogs and cats? Where do they land on the spectrum of safety? Yeah, so avocados are really pretty safe for dogs and cats. They can cause some stomach upset, potentially pancreatitis because they are a high fat content. Okay. The big concern is going to be for rabbits and for birds. Really? So tell us about that. Yeah. So with rabbits and birds, we can actually see significant heart changes. So they can have heart rhythm changes, heart rate, blood pressure changes. They can also have fluid buildup in their lungs from that. And those really? are pretty can be pretty fatal to them. So what's the four-legged uh, life at your place? What kind of pets do you have? And I can just imagine you walking your dog going, no, 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 go over here. <laughs> yeah, what's your dog's so we- name? Yeah, we have a, you know, a little bit of a petting zoo. We have dogs and cats and horses and chickens and ducks and gerbils and fish. Uh, I'm married to a a mixed animal veterinarian as well. So uh, we kind of have both small and large animal kind of covered around here. And the only thing Well, I wouldn't say the only thing. The big thing that we focus on here is being a a raisin-free household uh, because raisins are just, you drop them on the floor and they're, to me, they're just, they're harder to see. They're harder to find. Uh, We definitely have grapes around, but they're typically, they're larger. They're kind of easier to see when something falls, but that's the big no-no in our household is to not have raisins around. And tell us why, because I don't know what, maybe you recall this too, but like almost a decade ago, I kept reading people freezing grapes and giving them to their dogs as treats. I'm like, do you not like your dog? Tell us why that's so bad. Yeah. And you know, grapes and raisins, they're, they're one of the great mysteries of toxicology. Really? So, 
It, there are some animals, some dogs and cats, like you said, the owners have given a grape to on a daily basis for the last eight years of its life, and they haven't had any issues. I've even had some clients where they actually give their pets medication. They just push it into a grape and they give it uh, their medication on a daily basis and they've never had a problem. And the downside is that it, there's a lot of individual variability with how sensitive that animal may be. Right. And grapes and raisins can cause kidney failure to occur. And currently, we, we don't fully know what it is that causes them to be toxic. There's some current thought that it could be a component called tartaric acid that's in grapes and raisins that might be the concern. It's somewhat still a theory where they've felt like they've kind of um, been able to, to put, you know, put it together. They need to do a few more kind of studies and research on it. And that's kind of hard. It's hard yeah. to get approval to say, let me, let me cause kidney failure in this dog so we can no. find out what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, once we do find out what that toxic component is, probably won't change the treatment much uh, only because as you know, grapes and raisins come in all different varieties and types and sizes. And so being able to say one raisin contains this much of the toxic component or one grape contains this much of the toxic component probably isn't going to happen. Maybe I'm a pessimist as far as that goes. No, you're being cautious, be which is, is good. The other thing I see from a pet first aid standpoint is a grape is a beautifully shaped orb, just enough to seal an airway. For sure. Yeah. If they were to inhale it, if they know that, you know, they're not supposed to be getting into something and the owner's hollering at them and they inhale it and they do, and they do end up um, aspirating it. Um, that's for sure a, a choking concern. So we've covered a lot. I want people to find out where they can find more information about this poisonous plant map that the Pet Poison Helpline team has created. So go ahead and shout out that info. Visit us on our website, petpoisonhelpline.com. There's a little red bar on the left side of the main page and it says toxin trends and go. click on that and that'll take you to our plant map. And it has a, a little over 20 different plants that are there and you can click on each individual plant. It'll show you a map as to where the most common calls for that particular plant are what our most common clinical signs are when people call in and their pets have developed signs as well as what are the most common uh, months of the year that you start oh, to see excellent. that. that's excellent. Yeah. Well, I'm a fan of the two shows, 911. There, one's in LA, one's in Texas. I think they got to have Toxicology 911 or something. You guys got to go on TV because you're there 24-7. You're more than the Maytag repairman. You're there all the time. <laughs> And you are geniuses with the certification in toxicology. So, I mean, what do you think about the fact that over the phone, you may just save a pet's life? Well, I think that's why we're here, to be honest. I think that's why uh, nearly 300 employees that we have here at Pet Poison Helpline, I think that's why we're all here. It's to, our mission statement is to make the world a safer place for pets, make, you know, save pets' lives. That's our that's our goal. That's why we're here. And anything that we can do to help with that. And if I've been able to help save somebody today in this show, then it's really a win. I really, really appreciate you being here. You survived my bad puns and jokes. And um, <laughs> because I, when I teach first aid, I want people to feel relaxed, feel welcomed. I don't want to scare the bejeebers out of them because then that part of the brain just cramps up, right? 
but I am serious because I do attribute it to people like you. And um, we do have a sister show, ER Vet, and you want to give a shout out to one of our mutual pals who host it? Yeah, sure. Um, Dr. Justine Lee with ER Vets, and she's full of information, anything that you might need for your pets. I, I'm sure it's uh, she can talk about it and tell you about it and educate you more. Well, I think you're pretty darn good. And I am so glad that we've had Dr. Renee Schmidt on our show. She is from the Pet Poison Helpline. Please, guys, when you get ready to plant, bring in a flower gift or something, really go on that website. Just check it out. Make sure is it safe or not for your dog or cat. So I also want to shout out to my producer, Mark Winter. He is the surgeon of sound. And he is the founder of Pet Life Radio, the largest radio network for pets on the planet. Humbly, I ask you to check out ArdenMoore.com to see what I'm up to. I wrote four books during COVID. And uh, the two books, I'm going to, for those guys maybe seen it, I wrote The Kid's Guide to Cats and A Kid's Guide to Dogs. And coming up this month, guys, are the Dog and Cat Behavior Answer Books. And so I hope you check out something called Amazon. Check out those books. Until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's all behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.